also conspiracy theory part one. I have like a bunch about this whole album. Um, all time low started Corona. <laughs> One of your rebel hosts, Michelle, here with my partners in pop punk, Brianna and Kelly. Say hello, my fellow emo advocates. Hello, this is Kelly. Thanks for listening today. We're excited to have you. Hey guys, we're having fun. It's it's. I'm just sorry. I was just really depressed about this whole Corona nonsense. It's driving me to drink. <laughs> Which what are we drinking, Brian? Everything is wine and nothing matters. Hell yeah, that was good. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> You should become like a pop punk princess. Oh my god, wait, oh you already god. are. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. So you guys can see the direction the episode is heading in. So we'll just kind of get into it because we've got a lot to get through today. Like an entire freaking album. That is right. I hope you realized my intro, you know, Wake Up My Sunshines and all that jazz, means that it is Wake Up Sunshine Day. So, um... Back in 2012, when Baby Michelle, Baby Brianna, and Baby Kelly were in college, and the mosh pit was still a radio show, we had Don't Panic Day, which was a wonderful day. And um, it was celebrating the release of All Time Low's album, Don't Panic. So in following with mosh pit traditions, we are now going to dedicate days and slash episodes to new albums. So get ready for some mosh pit holidays that are going to be a mouthful because in the near future, we're also going to have forever and ever times infinity day and all distortions are intentional day. And all these you bands have- You got it right! Have... I did. I, did. I, I, I just kind of <laughs> went for it, you know? <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Sorry to cut you off. No, it's fine. But uh, yeah, so before we get into the track by track of Wake Up Sunshine, we're kind of mixing up our format today and we're going to go straight into music news. So last time we gave you a whole episode about COVID-19 and as much as we want to get past it, you know, it's it's here for the time being and it's a huge part of our lives. Yeah, starting off with some sad uh, COVID-19 news so that hopefully we can move towards more happy news later in this episode. But um, Adam, lead singer of Fountains of Wayne, uh, died at age 52 from complications related to coronavirus. Um, just, you know, loss of an icon that's always absolutely terrible. And then in combination with all of the other kind of losses and craziness going on in the music industry, there have been tons of tributes on social media um, in remembrance of Adam from actors, musicians, other celebrities. And so those, those tributes are great to see. Um, something that was kind of interesting when I was reading a little bit more about Adam and Fountains of Wayne was the drummer of Fountains of Wayne was actually, had actually tried to convince Adam to not release and record Stacy's mom, which is obviously you know, a, a hit song and, and kind of what Fountains of Wayne is known for. 
And so he was trying to convince the band to not put out this song because he knew it was going to be a hit and he knew everyone was going to love it. And that would be kind of what Adam and the band were remembered for. And he was right. (laughs) And he was so right, but he kind of was making the point that Adam should be remembered for so much more. And he had, you know, he's written and performed some really amazing songs. Um, So, yeah, just a really sad piece of news there. Yeah, I mean, um, Fountains of Wayne, I've heard a couple of their songs aside from Stacey's Mom, but that's what I've always known Fountains of Wayne by, but... Uh, since mm-hmm. hearing the news of Adam Schlesinger, I started listening to more, and my god, I missed out in all these mm-hmm. years. And, um, you know, if if you haven't heard his music beyond Stacey's mom, definitely go check out some of that out. Um, because you know why you should go check out that music? Because we're not going to be getting any live music anytime soon. Um, so, obviously, we all know our concerts are getting canceled and postponed, and, you know, we're hoping that hopefully by the summer we'll be able to go see our favorite bands. But you better start preparing yourselves for the possibility of no concerts until bum, 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 fall 2021. Um, uh... Yeah, so uh, there was a New York Times story discussing the impacts of the virus, um, and live music came up in that aspect and you know not just live music sporting events all these things that you know people go and do um they were talking about it and uh there was one oncologist and bioethicist zeke emmanuel who said um that you know restarting everything has got to be done in stages and you know there's certain kinds of things where you you know you can maintain six foot distances and it's more reasonable to start sooner, but large gatherings, conferences, concerts, sporting events, um, you know, saying they're going to reschedule it for the fall. That's just so unlikely. And he said, realistically, we're talking fall 2021 at the earliest. And now look, obviously we all know it's, it's crazy right now. And, um, you know, there's just so much unknown about this, especially we're not, we don't know when we're going to have a vaccine and, you know, there might be resurgences come summer, come fall, But, you know, things are going to be changing rapidly in the next couple of months. So hopefully, you know, maybe if not by the fall, by the spring. I'm really hoping that I don't have to wait over a year to go to a concert because I will die. Corona will kill me indirectly. That was dark. I just... That was dark. (laughs) That was real dark. I just... I'm just trying to think, like, I've got one, two concerts... Two concerts, okay, I yeah. Think both. I have three. One, yeah. I've got um, the Hella Mega Tour or whatever, and then I've got same, um, yeah. I've got that, which is our genre, but then, then I have the Backstreet Boys. Oh my god. Uh, me too. <laughs> because I'm a '90s chick, so it's fine. Um, but the, both of those are in the the ones in the summer, and ones in the fall. And either way, like, I was I was hoping that it was going to be saved but like deep down i was like yeah probably it's probably not. yeah i i don't think sad summer fest is going to go on oh i know and i'm 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 sad but i'm also not sad about it cuz the one show i wanted to go to was like the one weekend i couldn't go right right so i'm I like remember. maybe re- maybe reschedule it so i can yeah. go <laughs> but now i'm like worried that i'm not going to even be able to go see neck deep in december mm. oh yeah, yeah i bought those too i forgot about those yeah so yeah cuz it's so far out <laughs> i know but I guess it looks like we're all going to be getting used to live streams. And uh, 
speaking of live streams, since they're at the new concert for the time being, it is time for another concert etiquette segment. Shouldn't it be live stream etiquette? Considering the fact that we're not going Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Is right. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to actually say it because it just makes me sad. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, it's a little bit easier to be a polite human in live streams. Um, so we don't really have much for you. If on you're, that. Yeah, if you suck in a live stream, then you are a monster. Exactly. Okay, there are totally trolls in the chat with any that's, sort of like yeah. live stream. Oh, is that your thing? Okay, sorry. That, that, that's no, you got it, Kel. That's where I was going with it. Like we're not, you know, there's there's very little you can do to be an asshole in a live stream. But you know, if you're that person that is just like copy and pasting the same message over and over again for them to see, like, Ugh. oh my god, I love you, marry me, or something like really annoying. Um, don't do it because, like, y- y- I know you can kind of, like, make, not look at the live, like, the chat, but, like, it's still there. It's annoying. Like, we're there mm-hmm. all to see the band. Like, yeah, I know, like, they, they kind of try to interact, but, you know, it's a live stream performance for the most part. Unless it's, like, a Q&A, then, you know, I don't know. Send messages to your heart's content. Whatever. But, um, but, you know, it's, it's, I think it's pretty easy to be a polite concert goer in a live stream. So Fair. there we go. Great advice. Thanks. Um, so on that whole note of like not being able to go to concerts and whatnot, it means most of us, I mean, you know, it's not the only way to get merch, but a good amount of us usually get merch when we go to a concert, you know, because no one wants to pay for shipping. Who pays for shipping now these days? Anywho, um, but because with, there's no- With Amazon Prime, nobody pays for shipping. <laughs> Real life though. Um, so because of that, Thursday, the, well, the band Thursday, uh, revealed a week ago that they would be using their unsold merch and transforming them into, um, masks for, um, people to wear for the whole coronavirus nonsense. And, um, they sold them to fans first, and they sold out the stock that was meant for fans in nine seconds. Insane, nine seconds! Dude. That's wild. What a great but idea. Because- yeah, but because of that, they were able to donate hundreds to, like, uh, hospital workers and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and they sure do need both... it. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my my boyfriend's sister works at a hospital, so, like, it means so much when people are donating and whatnot, so, yeah. 100%. Um, but, yeah, so the band tweeted, We have started the process of turning our appropriate stock merchandise from our web store into fabric face masks for the frontline medical workers and essential personnel. Further information, how you can help follow later on, later in the week, uh, stay safe, and stay connected, stay inside. So, they have uh, partnered with... Um, they partnered with two New Jersey companies, New Jersey mask makers and face mask warriors, to help create them. Um, they posted it on Instagram about it, and they're pretty, like, plain. I mean, they're black with their their little insignia on the bottom corner, but, um, I just think it's a great way to be giving back at the same time as, you know, you, like, rather than letting this stuff sit in a warehouse somewhere, it's helping the world, you know, get back to normal, hopefully. Every little bit helps. So wholesome. So wholesome. All right, on to the next thing. I, I officially dubbed this f- COVID-free news. Are we, we am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, we're no more COVID. That yes. You know, like I said, we're, we want to get away from it, so we had to talk about it, but now we're done. 
So COVID's over. However, it doesn't mean that this is any good news. <laughs> at least mine. At least, at least the next one. Um, so the band Camino, who we'll be talking about later because they are featured on All Time Low's new album, um, have recently parted ways with their bass player due to sexual uh, sexual misconduct allegations. Basically, they posted on on social media like, "Oh, we're parting ways for personal reasons." Blah blah blah, and this kind of preempted a bunch of fans to come forward and talk about how this guy treated them poorly in all different stories. There's one accusation that you can find on the internet. I don't want to get into the nitty gritty of it just for trigger reasons. So on Twitter, the bassist posted um, one of those like stereotypical, I'm famous, so I'm going to screenshot my notes and then post something rather than just typing it because whatever. Um, So he said, what a douche. (laughs) Um, kind of. Um, he said, first off, there is nothing that I can put into words to explain how sorry I am for my actions, but I will try. To those I have hurt, I am sorry. You are valid, you matter, and the way I have treated you will not define you. I fully accept all blame, and that is deserved for what I have done. I am truly sorry. I never wanted to hurt anyone. I am currently in therapy for issues that led to my mistakes, as well as handling the fallout that I have caused. Please respect my privacy while I work through this and attempt to come out out of this a better man. Congratulations, bro. You did the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like, of course, you always want someone to try to, like, uh, realize where their issues are and realize where they did wrong. But, like, Jesus, like, this is the most, like, textbook, I screwed up in, like, uh, whatever mis- a mis- sexual misconduct would be, groping, etc., um, it's literally a copy and paste of, like, fill in your discretion here kind of form. Like, there's yeah. no, there's no heart and yeah. soul into that. Yeah, legit. Like, I, I'm always for people realizing their mistakes and trying to do right by the people they hurt and whatever, but it's so soon. I don't give a fuck what you're saying, bro. Show, talk to me in a couple of years. Let's see how you've changed. Because, uh, you know, like, it, it, it upsets me because, you know, like, there's so many young impressionable people that look up to these bands and for you to use that admiration as a manipulation tactic is just so fucking evil that you know like i said i if you change good for you i i'll accept that but god you're such a piece of shit like it's well, just it's I, the worst I can't. thing is that it's not it's not just like to our genre that is literally the most textbook thing is that anyone man woman xyz uh using their position of power and you know people looking up to them in their advantage to whether it be do something horrible like this or to you know get what they want whether it be actual sexual favors or you know like uh, money or anything it's just it's it's the shittiest parts of humanity. The I think how the service. band reacted was good. Like, I mean, they yeah. posted that. I think yeah. I was reading within like hours. Of, oh yeah, no, they didn't. Of they hearing did of this, they, they didn't like, even take a day. No, that's that is that is how bands should react. I mean, that's really good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, you have to take any allegation with a grain of salt, and obviously, you know, everybody deserves the right to be heard but you know most of the time the majority of the time it's it is what it is and uh i think the fact that the band believed this fan and they took it they took the right action Mm -hmm. is uh, you know very commendable 
makes me like them even more now. <laughs> and I never listened to them before they were on the new All Time Low <laughs> album. <laughs> um, but speaking of shitty bands, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't just like Five Seconds of Summer, who is I, I who I'm going to talk about now. But, I like um, them. I know I I I, I kind of like them too. I'm just I'm just talking shit because you know they they were a little bit more pop punk. Now they're just kind of pop, and you know they're not. That's fair. They're just a little eh, a little too bubblegum for my liking. At they're leaning point. way too much more toward one one direction than leaning towards like all time low. Like they said, there was their inspiration. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But so I don't know. There was just all this Michigas about um, that they were supposed to have like the number one spot on the Billboard charts, and their fans were freaking out because apparently there was a shipping error for their latest album, so the sales numbers appeared lower. And so the drummer Ashton was like you know talking about it and telling fans what they're proud of what they accomplished and you know they're trying to fix it and whatever i'm like honestly dude what does it even matter you have a huge fan base you sold a shit ton who cares if you're number one on billboard does it actually affect you no because you know what you're successful as fuck so get the fuck out of here with your bullshit that is my take on it and all the five seconds of summer all the five seconds summer stands are gonna come for me oh yeah here's the thing is i completely understand when you work so so hard on something and then have it like blow up in your face like it especially for something as stupid as shipping like and for something you literally can't control so i understand working your ass off on something for especially an album months and months and months and then have something outside your control like covid19 fucking up the postal system um to you know like delay everything and like the billboard album or the billboard charts that's annoying because like who cares about the ch- like yeah it's a nice little trophy you can put on your shelf but whatever when it comes right down to it i think it's more important that like fans aren't pissed about stuff like all time low they they openly during their live stream the day that their album was released was talking about like we know some of the pre-orders are shipping late we're really sorry blah 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 and they like if you buy the physical album which i didn't end up doing but um they also sent i think I think they sent everyone the digital download as long as they bought the album in some form. Maybe I have to check that. Fact, we'll that. fact check that. Anyway. Sure. We'll let you know. Either way, they were they were cognizant of it and they like apologized rather than being like, meh, our charts. That I understand being annoying, but like you have to give them a little bit of slack of being annoyed. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. Like I, I'm just messing, but it really, I don't know, that kind of shit seems inconsequential to me, but it showed up and uh, on an alternative presses site, and I was like, "Why? They're not even like alternative at this point. They are legitimately the definition of pop." <laughs> True. So that's where I'm at with that. But you know, it is what mm. it is. It is what it is. In other news, uh, Senses Fail is making a pump. Pump. clearly the wine is apparently i had like literally three sips of wine and i can't say punk i don't know i i'm not gonna lie though i heard census like the census like the thing we all to fill out for the government ah like the town census okay and i'm like why are we talking about the census what just happened oh this is going downhill so fast This is why we don't drink wine during recording. All right, I'm going to just restart here. We're going to just rewind. 
In other news, Senses Fail is making a classic punk and emo covers record. Yeah, they buddy. are. I know. So I'm not like a huge Senses Fail listener. I this is actually sparking me to maybe listen to a little bit more of their music. But I feel like this idea in general is killer. I feel like cover cover albums in general are always so fun and I think it's a good way to expand your listener base too because then you get all of these listeners that want to hear your cover to a band song that they like so it's actually that's how it's affecting me because I don't listen to them that often but I am excited to hear some of their covers yeah I haven't been an avid listener of senses fail for years I, i've never been able to say their name by the way <laughs> i always add an extra s somewhere but um since this is a female but uh no they uh they're from uh jersey actually and so that's huh. part of the reason why i i grew up on them a little bit but uh you know like Kali all cars was one of my like oh my god yes i it was one of those things i literally was like why do i know that name like census fail i looked at my phone i'm like oh shit they i have three songs on my phone from them and i'm like all of these are fucking bangers you're like oh yeah i actually you know what i did like them (laughs) i did like them back in it's probably i saw them at warp tour one year or something and i like wrote down their name and i looked up like a couple songs that's probably what ended up happening but no, they're a great band, and I'm really looking forward to a cover album from them because I'm sure they'll have like great takes on some classics. So it's gonna be a good one for sure. So there's a couple like cliff notes under the same heading. So Haley Williams, we all know that the lead singer of Paramore has decided to go solo for now. I don't know if it's for now or if it's for good, but um, she's released a couple different singles. Um, one currently being uh, crap over yet. I think was the name of it. Something like that. Something like that. Yes, it's over yet. So almost all of the songs that she has released, I've been very much like these are interesting. Like they don't have most of them don't have the standard song structure with like verse chorus verse bridge or first chorus bridge, you know, chorus. Um so it's been it's weird to listen to. Like they're not bad, but all of them I'm just like, I don't know if I can get into this. This is probably the closest one that I've gotten into like, okay. I I kind of can get into this guy. Like it's not it's not like paramore level good. Like I mean, obviously they evolve, but um th- th- it's just the lyrics that are weird. Like the melody's great, but the lyrics I'm just like, ah. Yeah, yeah, and I know you uh all of us were because we're not like kind of uh, musically gifted, where we relate to lyrics more, so that's mm-hmm. obviously important for you. But you know, um, yeah, the the previous song I wasn't really feeling the previous single she released, but this one I was really digging. You, it gave me the '80s vibe that they kind of had going, a pair more had going in After Laughter. It like it yes. honestly, you know what it made me think of Cindy Lauper. That's who I was thinking this enti- Ooh, the entire time I was okay. listening to that. Yeah, I she gave me major Cindy Lauper vibes. All right, y'all, you uh, you out there in the world, you guys listen to the song, you sound off on our uh, social media of what you guys think of her new stuff um, at the Mosh Pit Pod on... On Facebook and Instagram and at Mosh Pit Pod on Twitter. There we go. Um, I need to learn our social handles. It's really bad. <laughs> also under the Haley Williams umbrella, um, recently she posted on her Instagram story um, her 
I don't know if you can call it covering. It's her singing along with um, the used. Uh, crap, what's the name of the song? Taste of Ink. I can hear it. The Taste of Ink. I'm like, I can hear it in my head, like, nah, 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 the whole thing. Which is ironic because I actually related part of All Time Low's album to the same song. So there's that. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I do. Teasers. So there's. <laughs> Teasers. I feel like I know um, what you're talking about. Right? Um, anyway, so she, on her Instagram story, posted uh, little snippets of her singing along with it, and I closed the goddamn article. Um, basically, it was, like, saying something about, like, the caption was, for the guy who says I don't sound like my old self or something like, or misses my old stuff or something like that. Um, and it's her just, like, rocking out in the mirror, taking a selfie video of her <laughs> singing along with the song, which, like, I mean, I'm down with. It was cool. Yeah, no, I loved it. It was so cute. She's cute. fucking adorable. <laughs> I I love her. I just want to be her friend. Um, anyways, and then so the final um, note under this umbrella is that she actually recently, well, I don't know how recently it was. I mean, she might have better idea about when it was released. Um, the Good Die Young? Oh, that was a, a couple yeah. of years back, I think. That's Oh, really? I didn't know it was that old. Shit. Okay. Oh, 2016. Jesus Christ. Yeah, four year anniversary. That's what it is. Oh, God. Okay, well, it's been four years since uh, Haley Williams released uh, the Good Dye Young, a.k.a. Hair Dye. It's like overtone, kind of, basically, where you, like, put it in your hair and you can wash it out kind of deal, right? Or is it, like, well, legit hair dye? There's legit dye, there's a semi-permanent dye, and the poser paste, which I bought, and we're going to play with that for the next uh, couple of weeks while I'm in quarantine, and, you know, I don't have to be professional at a job. Even though I don't think my job would care, but, you know, you try to look uh appropriate <laughs> so along with uh that whole situation since it's launched the band has the, the brand god we're, uh, the, the words take the, the wine away from been, her i haven't even finished my first glass this is a problem <laughs> since it's launched the brand has been worn by a number of musicians including lights troy savan uh, i'm skipping over that one because it says potentially um 21 pilots drummer has also worn it um he's a oh he's a brand ambassador josh dunn is a brand ambassador for it so that's fun um but yeah so i feel like that's a fun little tidbit about the fact that she's had this now for four years and apparently i live under a rock i <laughs> didn't know that um <laughs> well we knew that brie <laughs> i know you we all know that brand doesn't know things well for anybody out there who hasn't tried good die young like i said i mean i'm not gonna do the, the permanent dye um because i've just fucked up my hair recently and uh my my hair can't take any more bleaching and uh dye so i'm gonna do the poser paste and i will uh you know give some feedback it, but it, it's really cute and exciting all the colors so i'm really stoked to do it we'll check back Yay. in with michelle in coming episodes to see how her hair turns out we'll also have very exciting. Uh, posts on social again check us out at, my, at the mosh pit pod on facebook and instagram and you might see some pictures Woo! Woo! All right. Another piece of music news for you. Neck Deep has released their next single off of All Distortions Are Intentional, and it's called When You Know. And the song is sort of a, like a classic punk love song. I would I would maybe categorize that as um but along with the release of the song, they also released a lyric video with fan-submitted videos um, that we talked about on the last episode. The video came out really cool. Definitely go check it out. 
within the video, there were tons of cameos from some other band members that you may know. Um, and Ben Barlow himself, the lead singer of Neck Deep, was also in it a little bit, along with Pierre from Simple Plan, um, Derek and Ryan from State Champs, uh, the lead singer Jake from Between You and Me, and Alex Costello from Rome were also all in the video, along with a lot of cameos from cute pets and babies. So definitely check out that lyric video. Yeah, and uh, in terms of the song, uh, I'm really digging it. It, it It's not the 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 old kind of neck deep like stuff off of life life's not not out to get you right it's a little bit more of uh the peace and the panic vibes but i still dig Mm -hmm. it and um i'm looking forward to the album for sure and uh along with that more new music to end on a happy note new found glory released a new song as well and i am loving it and it it was uh, the song is shook by your shaved head, which is so punk. I think so I've been punk. saying that about this entire album, <laughs> and this entire all the singles that have been released so far. But um, yeah, no, they're they're all all these singles are definitely very old school, newfound glory. You really get um, Jordan's vocals as the kind of centerpiece for them, and I honestly feel like I'm listening to Sticks and Stones, um, and it's just literally bringing me back to like it back in the day and I'm just super stoked for this I, I don't think I can say stoked enough times <laughs> but yeah it's it's gonna be incredible and uh you know I'm looking forward you know we just talked about two new release songs and I'm looking forward to forever and ever times infinity day I, I did it that time again I'm so proud of myself um and then all distortions are intentional day those days are gonna be tons of fun and Brianne's gonna learn some new music <laughs> Yay! Oh yeah! Cheers what's to that, Grandma. What's what, what's my name now? The Scene Grandma. Scene Grandma. I thought it was Punk Rocker. See, yes. I'm already oh, forgetting, yes, guys. Yes, Just yes, like yes. a grandma should. Hey. Cheers to the Scene Grandma <laughs> and cheers to Wake Up Sunshine. Hey. Yeah. It is time before Wake Up. Sunshine track by track mosh pit style. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. So, and we can know, actually swear now versus like the first album that we did a Don't Panic Day. We were on actual college radio, so we couldn't swear. Yeah, we had to use the yeah. dump button so many times. So, so many times. times. <laughs> uh, but we're, we've all been looking forward to this. We're all super excited about it. We've been uh, binging, if you can apply that word to an album, but we have been. Um, all of Wake Up Sunshine. I've listened to it so many times um and you know we've gone over it a bit already you know we we had the singles come out it's their eighth album they're all returning from side projects their last release was last young renegade in 2017 as i've mentioned a thousand times because it was so long ago and so we've all been starved for new music so we you know devoured this and um we're gonna go in order so we're gonna start off with some kind of disaster and may I start by saying what a fucking opening song. This is just like an anthem. It's We've talked about this song a decent amount. It was their first 
single off of Wake Up Sunshine. So when this came out, we obviously all freaked out and were very, very excited. But I feel like this one has um, like remained one of my one of my favorites, even after listening to the whole entire album. Cal, would you say it matured like a fine wine? Um, you know, that's a very good take. I would maybe say that or like a a nice cheese even, you know, (laughs) one of those. So so some kind of disaster. I definitely get like an anthem feel from it. And even like it, uh, my sister actually mentioned this kind of felt like old school Green Day vibe a little bit. And listening back, I kind of I could see where she was coming from on that. But um, I think the the lyrics like connected really well to me and I just I, I really like the message of the song and um, the guitar and drums on the verses were like so catchy like you just want to scream this song all day long. So yeah Kelly like you said um, it you can really relate to it but um, you know when we talked about it before I think it was Bree that said um it's not only relevant in terms of the band and, you know, the lyrics, like, you know, um, it's, it's my fault. Uh, what are the lyrics? <laughs> it's all my fault. Yeah. 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 It's, all, it's all my fault. Uh, I'm still the one you want. Exactly. Uh, but you know, it's also on an individual level, like you can kind of relate to it in a relationship type way. And, uh, and uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of the great thing about a song like this. Cause you know, it, in its anthemicness, mm-hmm. if that's a word, it's um, it, it has so many interpretations that it makes it just like kind of an all around hit. Totally, yep, that's how I felt too. The only additional notes I'm gonna add is that this song is amazing when you're in the car and you want to scream. And <laughs> uh, the bridge, I think that whole like lyric part is so fucking catchy and it hits home like so hard. And it reminds me like. Don't get me wrong, All Time Low has, like, some of the greatest bridges in our genre, but, mm-hmm. especially on this album, uh, but this one kind of rivals, um, oh my god, is it J.C. Ray? No, we were talking about it with the tattoos. The, um... Yeah, J.C. Ray. I, I swear I'm not a lot. Uh, I, I think yeah, I never told a lie, and that makes me a liar. Okay, good. Last time I fucked that up and I called it another Yeah, time. you, you um, got it wrong last time. <laughs> not this time, you got it. You learned your lesson. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Um, it, it, it rivals that in, like, just the creative like verbiage they use and everything i don't know it was just it was it was it was a it, it was a good good, good good song good song yeah good song good good song all right it says everyone uh concluded their some kind of disaster yes. conversation cool yes. on to the next one we are on to sleeping in this one until the actual album came out was like my favorite i was like this is there's nothing that's gonna top this it's the best there is one that ended up topping it but we'll save that for later um I personally thought about it um that the weekend it came out was the same weekend that one of my friends was getting married and anytime I hear it all I can think of is that weekend where Slate Slate my boyfriend he drove me and him to their like welcome party the night before and I got drunk and he just kept letting me put the song on repeat (laughs) I swear in a 15-minute drive, we listened to it the entire time over and over again, so that way I could learn the lyrics. Now, he sucks at learning lyrics, and he learned them faster than I did. <laughs> I was a little impaired, so obviously that gives him a little bit of advantage. You were at a disadvantage, yeah. yeah. 
That's fair. Um, I also, um, I love the fact that this whole song's chorus, the, um, want to listen to Britney whole situation is literally based off of Jack has a Britney Spears sweatshirt. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how, they talked about it in the live stream the day the, um, the day the album was released about how, like, oh, that's what inspired the song. And I'm like, this was pretty awesome. Um, because I love that. Britney Spears. Um, also conspiracy theory part one i have like a bunch about this <laughs> um all-time low started corona because the lyrics oh i agree haven't left i agree your, haven't left your place in days postmates and dirty laundry if that does not describe our current so life right now relevant. i don't know what the fuck does oh they predicted like, it they, they predicted they, it they knew and i can't so there's that oh also the drum solo in the bridge is fucking insane uh, uh, amazing on, on all time low's instagram they posted a video of the entire song just drums like oh yeah but like the, the, the oh my god the bridge is just so great with it and yes oh, no, it's seeing, seeing that playthrough on instagram made me um you know since we're in quarantine why not pick up a new skill i actually um I bought on Amazon a pair of practice pads and drumsticks, and I'm, I'm uh-huh. looking at like videos and stuff online. <laughs> oh my god, so, like, I love it! Amazing. It's like it's like the first step, and you know, if I if I can really feel like I'm getting the hang of it, I might get a cheap drum kit and uh, continue. Oh my to god, practice. your family will hate you. Oh, absolutely! I love it. I'm me so already. excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Uh, uh, Brie, I completely agree with you. Like, um, this song for me was, uh, you know, there's tons of dope songs on the album, but, uh, and better songs, honestly, even. But for me, this one was one of the ones that hit me the hardest, I think. I mean, I, me and Brie have said before, we grew up with All Time Low, and we had our big moments defined by their music, and, um, you know, this is my big moment song for me. Uh, I've definitely kind of grown into more of an adult since my early days with All Time Low. You know, jobs, debt, responsibilities, all that nonsense all Um, the stuff that crushes your soul exactly um and you know and life can be stressful but you know this song like you know taking that time to be in those happy moments where the pressure's off and you know you've called out of work you're staying home and sleeping in and uh you know i'm I'm in a happy and healthy relationship for the first time in years and years and years (laughs) and those (laughs) moments you know where you know we don't sleep but sleep in are, are the best and you know they make everything else in life not matter and that's why i think for me this is like despite the rest of the album being fantastic this is still one of the better songs for me because it's a it's a big moment song great yeah it it really coincides with like where i think all of our lives are right now we're both in or all three of us are in happy functioning relationships versus like i mean kelly's been in a functioning relationship forever versus me and michelle have gone through our uh our share of frogs if you will before we hot messes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah too, but i was trying to be i was trying to be polite but you know no need for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i this is just an absolute banger of a song like plus it i mean it's a banger in general but like when you can connect to a song in that way like i think we all do it just makes it like that much better but it's just like the carefree i guess like feeling of the song is just like just I think what I needed right now and one of the things that made it even better like when I first heard it I didn't love it I think as much as you both did because I didn't know the words and like one of my favorite things is like singing along to songs and like I couldn't fucking do it like I couldn't do it (laughs) because I didn't know the words 
And so one of the best moments was when I like finally learned every word to the song and I could just like sing it and yell it. And it just is that perfect like windows down song once you know all the words and can actually sing it. Um, so I thought that was really awesome. And then this was also the song where I noticed like the first Easter egg of the album. And so Alex kind of talked about this, but throughout the album, there's like kind of Easter eggs hinting back to some of all time lows, older, um, or past albums. So obviously Postmates and Dirty Laundry referring back to, um, their single off of Last Young Renegade. So I, that just like, I love stuff like that. It makes it more interesting and it brings you back to some of their old stuff. Yeah. It's almost like a little bit of a full circle thing. Like I caught a few of them, but I didn't really listen through the album for those Easter eggs. I might have to after this. (laughs) Yeah. It's fun. I have have a couple of them written down where I'm like, I remember Same. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. On to track number three, then Getaway Green is number three on the album and this was also one of the pre-release songs and it this one was definitely kind of a comeback song for me I didn't love it when it came out because it followed some kind of disaster and sleeping in which were like we were blown away (laughs) blown away by those two so this one like when it was first released I was like a little bit iffy about it but this one is one of the ones that has completely made a turnaround for me and is like I feel like I'm gonna say this the whole time but like is one of my favorites they're all my favorites but (laughs) this is like definitely risen up on the list for me it's just like I I just like it I think way more than I did before and the, the intro note that I have in mind. You do? I don't need to talk anymore. Yep. That's all. That's- <laughs> it's like, yeah, it really like just, I feel like because it fits into the flow of the album so well. And it's like, I mean, for me, the intro was just like absolutely killer. I could listen to that guitar riff like on repeat for the rest of my life. Like it, the, that, it was just amazing. Um, but I mean, the message is also like, I, I really like the message of this one, like having someone that's your escape and like that helps you get away from like the mundane day-to-day life. Um, and I think the, that message actually connects a lot with some of the other songs that we'll talk about later, which I'll uh, connect back to that. Yeah, I mean, Kelly, I, I agree with everything you said and especially on that opening riff. Um, it's... Uh, really gets me going. I mean, I'm like ready to go 95, windows down, stereo blasting, belting out that weekend wonderful fadeaway youth summer symphony. I'm ready, dude. Like, so uh, but, ready. But, um, you know, for me, I don't know, some kind of disaster and sleeping in just hit me so much more, I think, originally. So, getaway green. I think I ended up liking it more than some kind of disaster at for, uh, after. Mm-hmm. another a couple listens through but um originally i think uh getaway green was was number three for me but it's it's a it's a great song and you know i was talking about those big moments and it's it's definitely that kind of relatable song almost for me i mean i know it, it has it's like moments where it's like almost a little bit of talking about toxic stuff i think i think that it was this one that alex was talking about where toxic people or i, I don't remember on the track by track that he said but but yeah, that's kind of how I felt about Getaway Green. Just ready, also, ready to rock. Seeing that music video, like, straight up, the only thing I need in this life is to see that song perform live. 
Uh, I know. Like, I'm, I, it's one of those things, like, I think about the music that they usually play at the concerts and whatnot, and there's, like, a handful of songs where I'm like, I love this song, but I know it's not a live performance song. This is, like, the quintessential all-time low mm-hmm. live performance song, which is obvious, because, I mean, that's the music videos them performing at concerts, but I am jealous as fuck of all the people who've actually heard it live. I know. Ugh. Yeah, I know, Michelle, just shut up. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I know, but, so the thing is, I'm like 99% certain I saw it live but I don't remember <laughs> oh god I, but I think it was because which it was, makes it worse so shut up <laughs> no but it was because you know like they they were playing I, it was I'm fa- fairly certain at the the nothing personal 10 year anniversary and I think they were like oh you guys want to hear the song and they were like yeah but you know I didn't know the song so I it didn't like stick in my head yeah like oh I, yeah I wasn't able to like be like oh this was the song I heard you know five months ago so (laughs) moving on to track number four melancholy kaleidoscope the most kind of interestingly named song i guess on the album or like in their history (laughs) literally my notes first thing it says they're just trying to be like fallout boy and panic with their long titles it's just Uh, (laughs) trying to be awkward and cumbersome and they can't like no one's gonna be able to spell out the name melancholy kaleidoscope i will give you ten dollars i spelled it wrong on my notes guys it's really not that difficult i wrote kale and then just scribbled (laughs) like they're just trying to they're like like when i'm trying to type it i have to be like okay i spelled that yeah i spelled that right okay it's not second nature like sleeping in you know what i mean like right i suppose i would agree Thank you. I would agree with that. Definitely the naming is, I mean, like, that that phrase in general, kind of a little bit cumbersome. It's so accurate to the song, though. Yeah, what? I think so. Oh, no, it is. Yeah. I think um, this was also one of my early favorites from, I mean, I, like, literally said that, said that about every single song, but one of my, <laughs> <laughs> well, when, was, when this single, one was released, so... I know. This one, when this one was released early, I definitely really liked it. Um, mostly, I I loved it because of the message, and I talked about this in one of our previous episodes. But the whole like ju- juxtaposition of um, like Alex's mindset when he was recording this song and trying to write this song, where he was talking about you know not wanting to sing a happy song, but kind of having to sing a happy song. Um, and listening even more to the lyrics, like the line that says, um, shake things up and get the picture in your head right. The more I thought about that, I'm like, it's a fucking kaleidoscope. Like there is no right picture. And that just like hit me for some reason. And I was like, there's like no way you can shake things to like get the kaleidoscope to be the right picture. And I, that it's just made right. me, yeah, like nothing's right. And Kelly, like right what is, is right and wrong like who knows so Kelly, that, that so kind of got me thank you very much analysis. i appreciate that like it was <laughs> one of those things, as you were saying it i was just like whoa she literally I'm right, my mind. right i'm right like a little bit <laughs> on a on a completely different note all time low definitely 100 percent needs to brand and sell kaleidoscopes um yes because i would like to have one yes i 100 percent agree i, I can concur, i concur do you know how soothing that would be, like, during a stressful work day? Just, you know, I just don't want to listen to my boss anymore, so I'm just, like, with my kaleidoscope. Right? Exactly. So, 
I this song I think I said it during the last episode when we talked about these songs was that it wasn't um it wasn't like it's it wasn't bad it just wasn't like the bangers that the other ones were now in all honesty Kelly I'm gonna give you so many props for this the way you described it in our episode we discussed them I went back and re-listened to it a couple times and the lyrics hit me way more because I've gone through a lot of those like grin and bear it life is shitty but fake it till you Mm -hmm. make it kind of situations and that's what this song is and like when I when I first moved to Florida it was horrible for the first like year of me living here but I didn't want to let like my family my friends like know like oh shit I don't know if I made the right decision and so it was me putting on that smiley face and this song like thinking about in that context like really hit home so like we like Michelle what I've said about a thousand times over their songs somehow identify with huge moments in our lives like that kind of Mm -hmm. hit me really hard for that one so I like the song way more now that I've listened to it a bunch of times through than I did when it first came out Brianne, get the fuck out of my brain because I pretty much (laughs) feel the exact same way about it. I really wasn't fair to the song, the first runaround, because I think I was expecting it to be like a single level banger because it was released as as a single, but it was really never meant to be. Right. So, yeah. yeah, So as part of the whole album, it just sits much better with me. But, um, you know, and uh, like, like you said about what Kelly said, he said she said whatever no um, you know listening to it over again I, I really didn't realize right away exactly how relatable it was you know not only in terms of like you know yeah being forced to be on when you're just like nah fuck this um you know it's the, the I can't be 100 because I'm only giving 95 or even sometimes less because yeah, life's hard most of the time it's less Exactly, but, you know, it's also in terms of, like, emotions and music, and, like, for me, sometimes, you know, when I feel shitty and I want to feel better, and I want to listen to jams to, like, get my mood better, that'll get me hyped, but, you know, sometimes I just really need to succumb to that emo side and feel sad so I can feel better. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Do you know how many times I've oh, listened totally. to music that I knew that was going to make me cry, that would yes. soothe? Like, you get into that mood of, like, okay, I'm going to listen to, like, 20 minutes of sad songs I'm gonna cry it out I'm gonna feel fucking great versus like yeah. trying to listen to all these happy songs for like two hours and being like oh uh, whatever okay. yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly. and then um Kelly uh you mentioned this and I think in our previous episode you were absolutely right that bridge is off oh my god the chain it it's is fucking awesome it's fantastic that drop but so yeah those are my thoughts on my my melancholy is Okay, we're skipping that. Great job. Melikaliki Maka, or whatever. Anywho, (laughs) uh, on to the next track, because I don't want to hear you guys try to pronounce that again. Um, (laughs) So track number five is Trouble Is. Um, This this song, it it reminds me so much of college Brienne, like, (laughs) trying to break up with you-know-who. We both know who. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so it was it's just one of those songs that it makes you it makes you really think about like how this toxic relationship of like ever like I don't want this but at the same time you got this crazy ass hold of me and that just kind of hit real hard home with me um also the screaming in the background like that in the background like 
really into it especially with like it's not like the it's not like this really hard hitting song like musically and yet they have like the screaming in the background so i like that juxtaposition and um we should have a counter of how many times we all say juxtaposition (laughs) (laughs) anyway so then the opening drums though and like the opening verse reminds me so much of blink yeah yes oh my god that's what i was gonna say Blink and even Simple Creatures. Simple Creatures, too, I feel like had a big influence on on that sound, too. Well, yeah. I mean, I think Alex coming back off of Simple Creatures definitely had an influence on the the direction of this album. Yeah, like that fade-out and echoey kind of sound of the production was so Simple Creatures-esque, I thought. And even, like, Blink, maybe, like, Neighborhoods era or something. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> sorry i don't like neighborhood i love that shit we'll talk about that I another liked, day i thought i think i liked uh, a couple of songs of neighborhoods but it was just not not a great one for me we digress yes we digressed one more thought they talked about like experimenting with different time signatures on this one. Oh, this is the one that they have like a time signature that's not real that they, they just up. literally made it up they were like 13 8 or something that's not a thing um but the if i kind of listened back to try to figure out what they were talking about and i could tell the verses were like in definitely like a different time signature for them and i could see how it'd be like kind of hard to write around that but i i think it really worked yeah totally i mean i i'm a fan of it but um, when we had previously discussed these first five songs, I think Trouble Is, I rated it higher than Melancholy Kaleidoscope. And I think I like it less than Melancholy Kaleidoscope. But, and it's, I think, because kind of what Bree said, she related it to College Brian. I related it to College Michelle, and we all know why. Because we, we've all had <laughs> shitty exes, and that's what it is. I related it yes. to past Michelle, and, and her heartbreak's hard. And, you know, not only romantic heartbreaks, but platonic ones, too, you know? Because, you mm-hmm. know, there were... There, like, losing there, friends and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it, there are a few times in my life where, you know, the song would have been, like, high-key, my go-to on the album. But, you know, as I've listened to the rest of it, the other songs, like, far exceed this. And, you know, the whole, like, trouble is you're a part of me is very relatable even now, though, because, um, you know, even those people that aren't in your life anymore, they still contribute to who you are. But uh, fuck that shit about trouble is I don't want to let go because you know what eventually you do let go. I mean I mean you know I was I've been looking at our analytics a lot and we have a uh, quite a few younger listeners and you know for those of you who haven't gone through that you know one real heartbreak yet um, whether romantically or platonically you know so you know you you may not want to let it go but at some point you do without even realizing it may take two minutes two weeks two months two years but it happens. You can get over someone, but they can still be a part of you. It fits. It's it's not mutually exclusive, you know. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So the next track, which is the title track, is uh, "Wake Up Sunshine," and um, you know, I, as I listened to, once the album came out, I, I listened to the first five songs, but I already heard them, so I was really kind of getting myself amped up for this song. And uh, you know what it made me think of? Well, first of all, the recess movie, um, but it's because of the song that was in the credits, which is "Dancing in the Streets." And um, uh, by you know, wait, wait, wait! By Earth, Wind, and Fire. Is it Earth, Wind, and Fire? I don't know. You know, call We're it out the around the world. Yeah, I'm almost ready? positive it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. I'm gonna do a quick search, but yeah, yeah. I'm like ninety-five percent positive. <laughs> 
But so I actually, you know, listened to Dancing in the Streets, and my point maybe doesn't stand as well as I thought it did, but it still <laughs> has, saying, like, like, what the fuck? No, but it still has, like, the same kind of almost groovy vibes in the first verse. I don't know if that makes sense, but, I mean, it feels like it could be this theme song to, like, a coming-of-age series of a girl in the 60s or 70s. <laughs> So it's not Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's Martha and the Vin- Vandellas. However, oh. uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire is a song dancing in the moonlight. So that's where I fucked that up. There so it I'm is. Not, so uh, so I, uh, so we're gonna give me like a D in that, not an F. Yeah. But um, anyway, I actually uh, was driving when I first heard it, and I had to in that moment send Brie and Kelly a voice message as soon as I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I Ooh, forgot which... about that. <laughs> Which I will insert right now. Guys, I wish I had been recording my reactions because um, I just got through the first five songs and now I'm listening to Wake Up Sunshine. I had to pause because I was just like, you know, I was like bopping a little bit to the beginning and then as soon as it hit Wake Up Sunshine, just I felt the biggest smile cross my face and then when I felt that I started laughing because it was just the reaction to it and oh my god it was just it was it was a good moment (laughs) cool but uh yeah so (laughs) that's 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 kind of how I felt about it in the moment it was super raw and uh you know overall for me it was just a really wholesome song with a great message and it's the kind of music that really fills you up. And it's another one that I'm going to be blasting windows down this summer if we are allowed to leave our homes. <laughs> I mean, you can leave your home, you just can't leave your car. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very true. I felt kind of the same about this song. I thought, so I mean, the first time I heard the opening verse with the lyrics, Are you living well in a living hell? I just like, my Again, life stopped. Conspiracy I was, Theory Part 2. Oh my god, are like predicting quarantine much? Like we're fucking that's like our life right now. We're in a living hell, like all of us. And this that like made this song hit even harder. It's like all about self-love and like making sure you know like you know you're worthwhile and that just that hits so hard with that line in the opening verse. Totally. I yeah, a hundred percent. The song hit really home for me just because, okay, we, so we all know I work in the media and, um, just today's political climate and, like, the whole, like, cancel culture of, like, Mm -hmm. you do one bad thing and you're, like, fucked. Like, I mean, there's obviously different levels of it, but, like, when someone says something stupid and they try to apologize, like, that's one thing versus, like, what's his face from the band Camino? Like, yeah, he's, he's allowed to be canceled versus, like, people who are, like, well, you know, I just, I, I have privilege and blah. But in, in that kind of, in the world we live in right now, this song is so descriptive of that. Like, the whole, like, mm-hmm. it just talks about how, like, everyone's so... Like, outrage and, and outrageous yeah. behavior, yeah. Yes, thank, thank you, that was the lyric I was looking for, but I was trying to stall. Yes, I got <laughs> um, you. So that whole thing, like, I feel like it hits so hard, like, home, especially because that's literally all I think about is just the stupid shit that goes on in our world. Um, but the difference is, is that, like, the, I feel like the verses are talking about, like, well, the world's fucked, but then in the chorus, it's very much like the, yeah, the world sucks, but don't forget, someone loves you, like, there are good things in this world, like, you have a right to be happy, yada, yada, yada. So that's kind of, like... 
it's a roller coaster, if you feel, of emotions. Just of like the, oh, we're all fucked. Oh, wow. No, it's okay. That was my take on the whole situation. Uh, so we're on to track number seven now. And um, I would just like to point out the song is called Monsters featuring Black Bear. And uh, if we if we rewind the tape real quick, we'll remember that uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who said that I was most excited about hearing this song. Real quick check. And then the other song that I'm super pumped about is Monsters featuring Black Bear. I'm very, I'm very excited about that one. Right. So, uh, this song is an absolute fucking bop. Like, favorite song on the album. I don't care what anyone says. At me if you need to. Um, I don't have a Twitter anymore, so at me all you want. You're not gonna find me. Uh, Add her um, at the Mosh Pit Pod on Facebook and Instagram. Good, good job, Mish. So, this is the type of all-time low song I didn't realize I needed. Like, the dark, like, beats and just everything. It was one of those things, like, it's not stereotypical all-time low, but it was so fucking good. Like, oh my god. Um, all of the swearing in it, too, like, gives me life. Like, the, um... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They dropped the F-bomb in literally multiple times a chorus. My Um, Jersey girl is, like, thriving (laughs) with this song. Oh, yeah, my mass hole inside is just like, yes. Um, but... (laughs) I also think that this song with the crossover with Black Bear would be a great, like, I don't want to say top 40, but you know what I mean? Like, a great hits song. Like, All Time Lows had a couple on the radio, and I feel like this one would be a great one with it, other than the fact they dropped the F-bomb every other, you know, line. So, I'd be interested to see how they would re-record it. I mean, obviously, you could say, like, Mm -hmm. I don't mind if you mess up my life you know what i mean yeah. like something but like i think that. It, i mean wouldn't it be fine on serious radio no they don't say fuck oh, they'll they say okay. bitch and shit sh- but they won't say fuck <laughs> ah, i don't know shit because um there's a song <laughs> called the reason why is because one of my favorite songs right now is hot girl bummer and it mm-hmm. literally the chorus goes fuck you and you and you and they mm. cut out the fuck yep. part um oh, i see anywho so also no fucking on serious i know um, also this song, All Time Low, has posted on their Instagram recently about how they're doing the quote-unquote monsters challenge, where you take one breath and you hit the first eight bars of Black Bear's rap, which we are going to be posting soon of our version. Hey! Um, which I will say openly that, like, I know the cadence and I've got about two or three lines down, but, like, if I have the words in front of me, I can do it. It's just... I, I fuck up way too easily if I don't have the words in front of me. We are not rappers. Me, Mom, Michelle knows everything. <laughs> I nailed it. I don't know about you guys, but I should start a rapping career. <laughs> Good luck. <Little> punk. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate the support. <laughs> Silence. Cricket. Uh, yeah, the song is just a banger. There, I got a little bit of, like, follow boy vibes from it for some reason. Oh, okay, I can see that. I'm okay. not sure why. Maybe it was the... Bi- so, what I... I mean, aside from the fact that this was, like, All Time Low's first, like, entrance into hip-hop and, like, first mm-hmm. rap feature, the... One of the other things that really stood out to me on this song was the amount of bass, like... The bass in the this bass song was, was so fucking great. killer. Mwah, it was kiss. just, oh my god, it was just top notch. I just like could not stop moving to like the beat of 
Zach's bass. Like, I just couldn't stop. So that was really awesome. I can and never then, stop moving to the beat of Zach's bass. If well, you know clearly, I mean. but <laughs> even more so in Monsters. Yeah. And then the other thing I noticed was in Sleeping In, they talked about lazy luxury. And then in Monsters, it turns into lonely luxury. So, and like, I feel like Monsters and Pretty Venom, the next song, are kind of like a turning point a little bit in like in the album. Totally. And that was one of the things that kind of made me think about the flow of the album a little bit. One thing I'll say that I wish was like a little bit different about the song. The Black Bear feature was like so perfect that I just wish he was in more of it. Like, it just felt like he was, like, there for a second, and then he was gone. I wish he was on the following chorus or something. I agree. I feel like that would have made totally it feel more agree. complete. Yes, absolutely. Though, um, I have to say, I was obsessed with it initially from the beginning. Like, I, I yeah. you're right. It was so good that I needed more. And, I mean, I sent you guys another voice message about this one. Oh, my God. I just listened to Monsters. First of all, the first 30 seconds, I had chills down my back the entire time. I don't know why. Um, and then, uh, uh, the the rap, it was just, I literally, my I was in the car. I am in the car. And I went, uh, yes, King, yes. And, you know, it gave me a very, I don't know why, because I don't really think he sounds like him, but it gave me a very, like, modest Yahoo vibe. And But it was just so well done because it was it it fits so well into the song it wasn't just like a kind of like a jarring experience black uh, Black bear obviously um but uh and and then and then the transition from from his end to in back into the song and it was just oh god and then the power at the end of the song like after after that it was just a climax it was it was like oh god what a story all right uh on to the next one definitely probably i mean kelly says every song is her favorite and i mean I have to agree, and but I would say this one's my favorite only because I think I've listened to it a thousand times to get Black Bear's rap down. Yeah, but know, it really, it really is an amazing song. Even if, like, I guess lyrically, I can't relate to it, um, and it definitely has just mm-hmm. so much power and like seriously, like cool, like emo, spooky vibes. Maybe because they're talking about monsters, uh, but the music makes me feel like I'm like Scooby Dooing down a hallway of a haunted <laughs> house, you know. Dude, the lyric video, those the cartoons that they drew are amazing. It's so literally cool. Alex. Yeah. It's great because it's Alex running around and getting chased by a bunch of monsters. And then, like, the bridge, it shows the other three bandmates as skeletons playing their, yes. like, shit. Well, and, uh, I actually, uh, when we talk about Pretty Venom, I have thoughts about the animation in Monster. So, but anyways, continue. Oh, okay. Do you want to have anything else so we can, we can move on to Pretty Venom? The interlude. Yes. Um, it's, I mean, so it's an interlude, so obviously it's a different vibe from, like, normal all-time low vibes. Like, the, even their, like, slower acoustic songs don't match up with this. Like, the these lyrics are real mm-hmm. hard and, like, aggressive for, like, a slower song. But I definitely think that, like, reputations come to interludes is like, oh, it's a throwaway song. Like, no, like, this song is awesome. Like, I love this song, and the fact that it has, like, interlude attached to it, I feel like does it injustice. Like, people kind of usually are, like, pass over interludes. Or, like, like Blink-182, um, not their most recent album, but I think it was California. Their interlude is literally them just going, ooh, 
and something about pooping in a pool or something like it's literally oh yeah yeah 10 15 seconds versus this is like a full full ass song which was amazing well i mean that's completely i agree with that like for me it i almost i don't want to say skipped it but i kind of tuned out when it came on because of the interlude like for me i also thought about um uh mariana's trench uh a story mm-hmm. they have a couple of like interlude yep. moments in there where it's it's the music kind of just flows one song into the next so as i was listening to it i was expecting to kind of go into the next song and yeah yeah i think um i kind of like wish i i i don't think i give gave this one enough of a chance yet i think i need to listen to it a couple more times but what I really liked about this song was how different it was structurally to yeah. the the first half of the album. Like the first half of the half of the album is like absolute like you're so it's so high energy like you're just like going 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 and a lot there's so much like build up and in the first like seven songs there's a lot of like build up and then like there it's like verse chorus bridge and then like this build up in the bridge and then it drops to the last chorus and that structure I feel like is in I mean that's like pretty like typical classic all-time low structure of a song but like that is kind of how the first half of the album felt and then this interlude kind of like resets resets your mind yeah it resets you I also love how the lyrics are so like, I mean, All Time Low is known for their, like, play on words and whatever thing, but the, like, mm-hmm. the main lyric of the chorus being, like, fucking with my head will give my heart attack. Like, the juxtaposition. Again, the juxtaposition is probably not the right word for it. The Juxtaposition. Just, 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 the, just the, the play on words, the fun, like, verbiage yeah. that they use is just so great. And it just, I don't know, it just, it, it, it really hits home. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it, it hits home, but, I mean... I think for me, it's also I still haven't given it enough of a chance because I'm still really unsure about how to feel yeah. about it. I mean, Alex said it was one of those songs where let's write some weirdos, and it's definitely a weirdo for sure. They wrote it at 3 a.m. after the bar on 4th of July, drunk as hell. Yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> That's awesome. It, it, it's going to cause some waves. But, yeah, I mean, for me, like, it could have something to do, like I said before, with the animated Monsters lyric video, but it gave me a little bit of a Gorillaz vibe. You know, with oh. the, the animated, yeah. Um, okay. Because not, I I, like I said, I think it's it's partly the song, but like also partly the animated uh, video for uh, monsters. But I mean, it definitely is great as an interlude, and like uh, Kelly said, it's a good reset, and it keeps the vibe of monsters, but it switches your mindset mm. for the rest of the album. And I think for me, if it was a different album, I'd be feeling it more. Just overall for this album, maybe not. Yeah, and I caught. Um... I caught, I think, an Easter egg in this one, too, when um, there was a line about trap-like rats inside a maze, and I that felt like a reference back to... Um, Don't panic, right? Reckless, Reckless and the Brave, yeah. Um, little rats running mazes. Yes, there it oh, is. Oh, yeah! So that was kind of cool. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of sad I didn't catch that one. Yeah. Considering the fact that I made Michelle a whole freaking montage not montage what's the reckless in the brave collage Collage, that's what i'm looking for (laughs) well no before she moved to california i made her a shadow box of pictures of us and it says long live the reckless and the brave i have it right here 
<laughs> we'll, po- we'll post a picture of it on our Instagram at the Mosh Pit Pod. <laughs> so, you know, we've passed the interlude and we're into the back half of the album now and so favorite place. Um, so, like I said, I you know, I could say that any of these songs are my favorites, but favorite place definitely holds a very special place in my heart. I don't know particularly why, I guess. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with, like, those big moments things I was talking about before. And, you know, so I uh, I was in it from minute, from second zero. Like, I love the opening. It, it was so different because it was kind of Mumford and Sons-like to me, a little folky rock. And then it kind mm. of drove its way perfectly back into pop punk. And, um... And I mean, I actually, like I said before, uh, when we were talking about Band Camino in uh, music news, I've never listened to them, but uh, I think that's kind of their vibe a little bit. Am I? Yeah. 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 So I mean, well, I haven't but... listened to them. I, mean, I was agreeing. Yeah. I've never listened to them, but they're, they're, I'm a fan. Yeah. No, they were, their guest vocals was perfect. They're smooth and it gave a great change up by giving us a break from Alex's voice. It, it made it all have more of an impact for me. And uh, full disclosure to our listeners um, that I already shared with Brianna Kelly um, the other day, about a week after it was released, um, I had already listened to it quite a few times. I was listening to it and I started crying out of nowhere. I just really felt that song in that moment. And it wasn't really an emotion that I could really nail down. It was just a lot of really abstract feelings. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was, I guess, for me, it's... It's important to me in that light because I guess for me, people are kind of what keeps me going. My friends, my family. Um, And you know what, guys? You are my favorite place. Aww. (laughs) You're so corny. I know. Um, (laughs) But it's cute. And I'm going to go go completely left turn on this one. Conspiracy theory part three. Oh, Oh, God. Here we go. (laughs) The lyrics really hurting me in this quarantine right now specifically the close the space between us <laughs> it's the distance we don't need motherfucker we need it we need it we need the goddamn distance so there's that uh, that's hilarious <laughs> also like the opening guitar riff kind of reminds me of i of some other bands and i cannot place it for the life of me right now i have Mayday Parade question mark the Academy is question mark and I can't goddamn place it but it reminds me of another pop punk band hmm. just the guitar riff itself anyways um but yeah it was just interesting that's my two cents I'm the cons- the resident conspiracy theorist <laughs> yeah I think I have an unpopular opinion about this song but it was not one of my favorites <gasps> I was I'm not gonna lie I, don't know. I mean it was good but it's not one of the top right I'm absolutely not saying this is a bad song like it's a great song I'm just saying in comparison to every other song on this album, I don't love it as much. I think so. And I like can't really place why because I like the feature. I like um, what's his name? Spencer from the band Camino. I think that's his name. I like his voice. I think it fits very well. I think, though, it was like a little bit like drowned out. I don't know. Like how I was talking about for monsters in comparison. Yeah, I, I so I was saying for monsters, like I really wanted Black Bear on a chorus in addition to the verse, and like that's what they did in Favorite Place. Like Spencer had his own verse, and then he was also on the following chorus, and I just feel like it was like very drowned out. 
I don't know. It's not like I don't like the song. Like, I like the song. I just, in comparison to some of the others, I just, like, didn't like this one as much musically. I I understand. I guess. But you're wrong. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I know that that was going to be an unpopular opinion because you like that one so much. Yeah. It's okay. All right. On to track number 10. We are getting deep into this album. Track number 10 is Safe. And this, on the other hand, was one of my favorites. It is, I think, so very pop punk. And the drop on that chorus is just like, it just gives me life. Like that, the verse leading into the chorus when it drops is just like absolutely amazing. And also, um, Michelle just talked about one of the times she cried while listening to this album. I also cannot explain really why I cried to this song, but I was obviously, you know, quarantined in my home and listening to this song and the chorus dropped at the same time that like my dishwasher, (laughs) my dishwasher (laughs) dropped. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like your dishwasher has a bass drop. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, it like, it's just kind of slow. Like you hear the water and then it's like, oh yeah, yeah. It takes that pause. Yeah. 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 And it just like dropped at the same time. And I was like, this is my life. This is where I'm safe. This is like, this is it. And I don't know, it just really hit me. And I started crying. (laughs) So that was my crying moment of, um, of this album. But in general, I think this is a really catchy, classic pop punk song. And so my take on this one is that it's kind of like a connecting point between a lot of messages that have been referenced throughout the album. So there's a line that says, when you find that place and it only lasts for a minute. So I think that's reference referencing the previous song, Favorite Place. Like, yeah, you found that favorite place, but it's not going to last forever. And I also think it was like an interesting juxtaposition to... Uh-huh getaway green because getaway green was kind of like you're my escape like let's run away together kind of vibe and then this is like I'm running away I'm like getting in the car and putting it in drive and not stopping until I'm long gone and it just felt like those three songs like had a really like linear connection in some way and I just thought that was really interesting yeah it's I mean honestly um for me, this album, there are songs that kind of stand out in that they're not part of the album, but then other songs are just so, like, that, uh, you know, cohesiveness to it, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I, I, I agree, this is tef- definitely one of them, and, um, I, you know, for me, this song was a little bit of, like, Maroon 5 meets pop punk, and there was something more specific in my brain of, like, Maroon 5 meets, but, like, that's not coming forward, I can't quite figure it out um but it's also a song that's giving me the most like last young renegade vibes um and in the best way possible because i know a lot of people were not fans of last young renegade even though i loved that album i absolutely loved it um and again it's just it reminds me of a lot that i can't really nail down and maybe it's because 
again, maybe past me relates to it. Um, like this would have been 2014, Michelle ready to run away to California. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, I guess, right, like, you know, with quarantine right now, I'm just ready to get in my car, car and just drive all over as soon as this is all over. Um, you know, cause, and maybe it is because they're talking about cars, but it really just feels like another windows down in your car kind of song. <laughs> so that's how I feel. Literally, literally the song gave me like, out of all of them, like the most teen angsty vibes, like Brienne in <laughs> high school would fucking have rocked out to this. Like it kind of reminds me of how I felt right before I left for college. Like I'm scared. I'm sad, but also get me the fuck out of here. So it just, yeah, that's, the song hit me for that. Kind of like a little bit of a weightless vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so next track is January Gloom. Um, just a shout out. This song goes out to every Northeasterner, like Northwesterner, who has had to deal with social, or, um, seasonal, seasonal. affect disorder. Yeah, seasonal social. Um, seasonal affect disorder, because I... It's real. Ne- I always thought it was bullshit. I'm not going to lie. Living in New England, I'm like, it's fine. Get over it. Uh." And then I moved to Florida and I was like, holy fuck. The sun actually doesn't put you in a better mood. And now that I have the sun all the goddamn time, I'm like, oh, this is, life is so much nicer now. So this, it honestly is a real thing and it's horrible. So um, Alex talked about how he wrote this song when it was just like a shitty day and he didn't want to deal with anything. So this was like what came out of it because he had never dealt with like the shitty weather for long periods of time and whatnot. Um, uh, I, I personally really liked like the steady beat of the song, like the, mm-hmm. the whole thing. It was it's one of those songs like even if you don't know the words, you can like nod your head to it and like really get into it. Um I love, don't get me wrong, like, I love the headbanging songs where you're getting really into it and you're, like, in the crowd and rocking out. But, like, this is a really good song for, like, if they were to play it live, it would be a middle of the show, like, right before they go into, like, the slow song part of the show. Like, I feel like it's a good, like, de-escalating the the mood kind of song, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel Yeah. I was, I was a real big fan, but yeah, the, the listening to it, I was just like, oh my god, everyone who lives in California is like, I don't get why this song is sad, and everyone else is just like, you understand my plight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's so real. Like, I definitely get seasonal depression when the, when that time of year comes around. It's just like so hard to like, live your life in the same way as you do when the sun's out all the time, and it's. It, it probably sounds really weird to people that don't have to deal with that aspect, but it's, I, I mean, I've, I definitely feel that a lot. And, um, I, something I noticed in this song is it really connected back to missing you on mm-hmm. future hearts. There was yeah. that the chorus kind of has the same melody as, as that when it, um, like the part in missing you that says hiding in your room um so I feel like those messages kind of like connect a little bit too yeah I mean for me like you said it related back to missing you for me it it this song felt like it could have been on future hearts but with some like nothing personal vibes and you know it's definitely one of the songs Mm -hmm. for me that gave it all like a really cohesive feeling because um, it kind of brings back those melancholy kaleidoscope themes, um, like mm-hmm. you know, because that one also kind of felt 
you know, the seasonal depression a bit, uh, well, like what Alex was feeling at the time. Um, and uh, it reminded me of stuff, but, uh, you know, it's one, something specific that it reminded me of, but I cannot pin it down. I mean, <laughs> our, we're seeing a pattern here for me that I'm reminded of things a lot, but I can't figure out what. But it did, <laughs> did, did definitely give me, like, the opening guitar had major, major early, like, 2000 pop punk vibes. Um, and, you know, I liked it. But overall, though, it was just one of the more eh, songs on the album for me. It was just, it didn't really do it for me. I think, so, something we, like, for some reason haven't mentioned at all. Alex's voice in these songs, like, this one was one of the ones I, like, wrote a note down for. But, like, in, like, even, like, Trouble Is, but, like, all throughout the album, his vocals are just, like, so amazing like he's Mm -hmm. so on point and like you can tell like how much I feel like he's improved and like can hit some of these notes that like I don't feel like he would have felt confident doing maybe a couple years ago but his vocals on this album are just outstanding and I think he poured Agreed. a lot more emotion into mm. it. And like, I totally, mean, I know it was, it's the album that's just come out. So obviously they're, they're feeling it a lot more, but he did rank this as his favorite out of all their albums. And, but I think it, you know, that is shown in the actual album itself because there's just <laughs> so much poured into it. There's so much emotion feeling and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So next track uh, is Clumsy. And I was excited to hear about this because, you know, Alex said it could fit in with nothing personal. But I didn't really feel that. I felt like a lot more of them, the other songs on the album, like Trouble Is, for example. And like I said, January Gloom had some nothing personal vibes to it. But um, it, despite it not being what I expected hearing that Alex said it could have been on nothing personal it was still an absolute banger and this one is also one of my favorites um um, the chorus makes me want to dance in my underwear in front of my mirror with a hairbrush microphone with all the angst of my teen years (laughs) you know like do do you not get that that's an that's an image that's that's an image you like it (laughs) i wrote down groovy in all caps groovy this song is groovy the the voice echoes were like real great yeah. it gave me a lot yeah. of top 40 vibes be quite honest yeah no but you know what for me um you know you guys were talking about songs that you're like looking forward to seeing live this is one that i'm looking forward to seeing live because mm-hmm. first of all i love the bridge um it brings you down just to build you back up and then you go really hard ready to open up the pit on that last chorus and I'm so stoked to, like, be in the crowd for this one. Yeah, I think, um, so you were talking about how Alex said it could fit on Nothing Personal. I I think I agree with what you said. Like, some of the other songs actually fit a little bit better with the Nothing Personal vibe. But what I thought the connection was, was, like, the message. Like, I this song was, like, the same exact message pretty much as Break Your Little Heart. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, and that's kind of, like, the theme of the song, like, feels like it could fit on Nothing Personal. Um, and the sound maybe a little bit, but uh, it kind of had had its own thing for sure. It was pretty poppy 
and one of the the co-writers or or co-producers of the song was Max Martin and he actually was um uh worked with like Backstreet Boys, Britney, NSYNC um so I think that's where some of that influence may come from but it was it was interesting to hear kind of that intersection but I think this was one of their more like poppy poppy jams on the album also a we've been talking about like callback lyrics um at one point they say dropping bombs on future's past yeah i think of was like is this a shot at future hearts of like or it could be dropping bombs on future's past dirty work because they thought dirty work was gonna catapult them into superstardom and it was a little bit meh because it was a the their future past it's we're we're really way too into it now. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I literally just went for like future hearts, futures past, like word association. You you do do it deep in that barrel. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, I think this was definitely one of my favorite ones. And um, I think the the guys actually in the the live stream said some of some of them said what their favorites was and. Uh, Zach said Clumsy was his favorite. And, you know, guys, I have a very soft spot mm-hmm. for Zach Merrick, so, <laughs> you know, we're connected that way. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next track is Glitter and Crimson. And uh, this is another song that I don't think I gave up the proper chance the first few listens to. Um, I definitely kind of, you know, you're getting to the end of the album. You, you, you're not necessarily emotionally exhausted, but you've really kind of, the other songs have taken up a lot of, you know, your mental space. So you kind of maybe tune out a little bit. And I think that's what kind of happened to me with Glitter and Crimson. I had to give it like its own like space for me. And uh, I'm actually really hoping to hear this acoustically live. I think, I think it could be a new Remembering Sunday because it really filled, yeah, it really filled up my heart again. Like, uh, like Sleeping In did, you know, I felt I, I, I feel this right now in these moments of my life. It's like a really big moment song again for me. Um, and just fuck, the bridges on this album are so dope. Oh my god. This one slaps. Yeah, I fucking said it. It slaps. I need the chorus to be only sung by the crowd. Yeah, oh my god. That's We have like the same exact mind. Like, don't even pretend that let's start, let's start a riot. Like, how do you not just hear uh, the crowd singing that with no one else? There's yes, nothing, just dead yes, silent. Like, literally, I cannot <laughs> wait to like scream this song with a crowd of people. Like, it's just. Yes, uh, absolutely. I want to so bad. Okay, that was. I think that was my one note. Oh, no, I also said that the. <laughs> I said that the, the song title reminded me of Harry Potter because all I saw was glitter and crimson, which was Gryffindor's colors, even though glitter is not a color. That was the rabbit hole my brain went down by the end of this album of a listen through when I was taking notes. So yeah, <laughs> I totally relate to that. I can see it. I have like, oh, and my other my other note was, uh, it's hard to sit still while your head's on fire. Literally describes my entire industry working in the news. <laughs> Fair. I so I have like a kind of an interesting take I feel like this was the point in the album where I was like trying to look for things like look for easter eggs and like find stuff um so first line three in the morning and I was like thinking back to Stella Mm -hmm. where it talks about like 2 a.m bathroom floor kind of stuff and I was like is this like the fallout of Stella and like 
it, it the song itself is like kind of talking about like a like a messy like parting of ways it feels like I guess a little bit and I don't know I just kind of connected that for some reason where like with with Stella and the I think the times of the morning thing kind of got me but I I feel like at this point in the album I was like really digging I was like I just really want to find all the easter I want eggs all of the yeah. easter eggs I, yeah exactly. okay, I totally, oh, totally. See what you mean but I for me see like I said like it was for me like a big moment thing you know happy in my relationship and everything yeah. I interpret it a little bit differently like I didn't feel like it was a parting of the ways I felt like it was like I want us to not kind of, I don't want to wait till the sunshine fades. I don't want to wait till later to, you know, enjoy this. I, I, I don't want to yeah. be like, oh yeah, this, we're going to be happy once we do this, once we do that. I want to be happy in the moment. I want to be happy with you in the present. I want, you know, this, you know. Cause, Setting yeah, milestones Yeah, exactly. Shit. It's, you know, like fixed on a moment <laughs> just out of focus. No, I, I, yeah. I, I, you'll get there when you get there. Right now. Like a kaleidoscope. Exactly, right now what matters. Ooh, tying it back. <laughs> well, now that now that we're gonna well now that Michelle and I are in our like end of our twenties, um, the amount of people who I know who are our age or like a little bit older who are like freaking out like I need to be married, I need to have kids. That's how my life is going to be satisfied. Like, I used to be that person who was like, I need to be married by this age. I want to have kids by this. Now I'm just like, it'll happen when it happens. I just want to be too. happy, and that's exactly what this song. I is. agree. Mm-hmm. I like that. So, uh, the penultimate song on the album is Summer Days. And, uh, first of all, I absolutely love that it's, you know, like, the play on words. It's days, like, you know, you're dazed and confused, but, like, days, like, you know, it's a day. Well, <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. D-A-Z-E But, I mean, it's definitely relatable, because, like, you know, I used to, in my early 20s, when I was first out of college, I would be like, ha you know, like, back, like, my college days with D-A-Z-E. I'm pretty sure that was actually an Instagram caption <laughs> on my profile at one point. Um, I really want to deep dive and see um, how you find I think it. I know exactly which picture it is, too. But um, it really did give me um, another song that gave me last Young Renegade vibes. And, you know, as much as I think they tried to pull away from it, I think, you know, there was still some leftover from that. I mean, and I think it, even into their side projects, I think they pulled in some of their last Young Renegade into it. So it's kind of something that's, like, still trailing behind them. And I love it. Um, at the open, mostly for me, the, the last Young Renegade vibes. But um, after that, it kind of went a little bit more poppy, which there's nothing wrong with that, but it was definitely this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a bunch more off the album that could go mainstream. This album, to me, was a little bit more poppy, uh, but I think that's because, you know, it ties in with that whole sunshine vibe, um, and mm-hmm. it, and I think this song, it's very notable. And I haven't, you know, Kelly's been the one that's been mentioning all the, like, um, throwbacks to previous songs, but, um, and previous albums. And you too, Brie, sorry, but I think it's Kelly Moore. <laughs> I was like, rude, one of them was mine. <laughs> I had one. But, uh, Kelly's just way more astute than I am. God damn it. I have two more for this song. But, Don't um, worry. Oh my God. There was a shout out to break out, break out on this one. And, um, I really loved that, that, um, that throwback because, um, when I first found all time, low, that was one of my favorites. Cause it was just reminiscent of me and my friends, you know, back then living our youth. And it was, and so, and that's kind of, I think the vibe of this song as well. Uh, so since I already just said this, I'll 
share the two Easter eggs that I felt through this song. First one was the line that said, soak it up like flowers growing through concrete. Ooh. That's Ooh. totally got to be a yes. cinder block garden 100%. Wow. reference. Um, and so you said Last Young Renegades. I felt like this could kind of fit on Future Hearts a little bit too. Like the, I don't know. I kind of got like a Future Hearts vibe from it for some reason. But regardless, the other Easter egg I kind of felt was more like about the message of the song. Like it, so the way that Alex talked about January gloom and summer days in two parts, like seasons one and two was for January gloom, like it's talking about is this time ever going to end? Like, is this season ever going to end? And then summer days is more like, I don't want this to ever end. And that brought me, brought me like way back to So Wrong It's Right in the beach. Oh, yes. Um, oh, that's a great reference. So that's like kind of how I felt listening to this song. Like, you don't ever want the summer to end. And like, that's what the, the beach was about too. So that's how I made that connection. But it also is making me just think about Sad Summerfest and how much fun this song would be at Sad Summerfest. And it's making me sad a little bit that that may not happen, but we'll see. So literally my only two notes on this song were about how it reminds me of other songs. <laughs> <laughs> so the first chord reminds me of the beginning of I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Oh, I dig. The okay. You know, like those first two chords, I was like, that, yeah. So there's that. And then this is where the used comes back into play. The bridge yeah. of this song reminds me of the beginning of The Taste of Ink. The da, 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 da. Like this kind of, you know, like that like mm-hmm. cadence yeah. reminds me of the bridge in this okay. song. And you know, I good. actually think, yep. I don't know if it was this it. song, but I think Alex did mention that... During the live stream. Yeah, that they were they were a little bit inspired by the mm. used um, on it. Like, because, oh no, wait, because didn't he say he likes... It was, it was an homage. Did, yeah, he said... It wasn't Alex, it was Ryan, I think, said that it was an homage to the that song because that was like one of the songs they used to listen to when they were growing up kind of a thing well growing up but like uh, yeah, nice. I, and i think they said they like they almost like basically stole the melody and they had to be like hey can we like use this <laughs> yeah i feel like this was one of the ones i need to i feel like i need to give that one a couple more listens yeah i agree the second half of the album i need to pay attention more to like I feel yeah like I, get I think so too first like chunk well because we had more time with the yeah. first chunk we still definitely need to give the second half a little bit more of a listen i definitely agree i think so too well to close it out the closing song on wake up sunshine is basement noise and it's sort of an ode to all time lows past and their beginnings and how they used to have band practice in ryan's parents basement um so i love like the message of this song and the chorus itself so hooky and catchy and it's just like you can easily just sing along I found myself singing along to the chorus like on the first chorus when I didn't even know what the words were like I just like found myself humming and then the second time I was singing the words already it's like that's how hooky it was um my only I have one gripe with this song and it's not even like a bad gripe it's just like it's so good and I want it to be better and what it is is the ending like the very last like outro to this song is Alex's yeah so his like his harmony is awesome like it's great 
but I was just like praying for some gang vocals at the end like I wanted everyone like the oh. whole entire band like everyone okay. just screaming those words like I just wanted those gang well, vocals now, now that you say that I'm just like oh, fuck you're right sorry that was like one of my pros was like the the harmony at the end is so great um, but yeah like uh like will is it will all be on the main on can't stop one stop it like it it fades out with yes that's what you want that yeah, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. that. Yeah, I totally agree. That definitely could have. I wanted it so bad. Definitely could have improved the song like that much more, because um, I think it's fantastic. Um, I love kind of the full circle we came, because you know they're talk. It's like an homage to you know where they came from and everything, and it it comes full circle from like some kind of disaster. You know, at that at that point, it's like being all like, mm. "Are you ready to dig in with us again? Are you ready to kind of let's do this?" And then you know, it's like. Because now look at us, like, where we've come from, where we were. And, um, you know, with Summer Days, I talked about, kind of, for me, it was reminiscent of my youth. And this kind of, because it's reminiscent of their youth. And, you know, like we've said before, we've grown up with them. So it it brings me back to that for me as well. It's also, like, super reminiscent of my youth solely because, so, like, in, God, not even in high school. It was, like, all through my childhood, my parents had a finished off basement and that's where like the kids would hang out and we'd had our playstation down there and all our games and like if I had sleepovers we had to pull out couch down there so like thinking about like obviously this is referring to their like band practice but even just thinking about like being younger like hiding out in a basement getting yelled at by your parents to shut up like that yeah, was absolutely. my entire that's childhood. exactly what I was thinking like too. like you guys have both met my dad he's the sweetest guy but also insane <laughs> And when I was, I just, like, it literally flashed me back to when I was, I want to say in, like, seventh grade. I would had, I had my birthday party, I'd sleep over, I had, like, six girls over, and my dad dressed up as, like, Chef Nonk. He, like, draped a towel over his arm and was, like, butler. So he would, like, come down and be like, ladies, what can I get? Like, stupid shit like that. And then, like, the second it was, like, too late, Chef Nonk went away and was like, all right, we're done. Like, shut up, go to bed. Like, that... Was, Time to wrap it like, up. That song brought me back to that. Like, yeah, like that was how like it just kind of it just really hit home because like my parents' basement holds all of like my formative year memories. Yeah. So just we need yeah. to do like a, a parody of it and like you know basement noise <laughs> and like girls and whatever sleepovers and things. <laughs> and yes. <laughs> coming to you soon from the mosh pit. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it was a great way to end the album, for sure. Agreed. So that's the album. Um, overall, I loved it. I think Wake Up Sunshine is what future hearts should have been. I'm getting the same vibes of it throughout Ooh. the whole album, but with the best parts of Nothing Personal, Don't Panic, and Last Young Renegade. Um, and, you know, I think some of which I would like to see more of in the future uh, the collaborations I think those were some of the strongest on the album like I like you guys said you wanted more of Black Bear you wanted uh, more of the band Camino um and you know I I think as we talked it through you know the whole album took me to these other times in my life and it was like a journey and fuck I really enjoyed the shit out of it you know um and while I really love the album I wonder if there's more of past me relating to it more than current me because you know like while I've unwillingly grown up um I feel kind of 
and this is where it might get controversial, all-time low maybe musically hasn't. I Their sound may have changed a little, but I think it's still a little, you know... Yeah, exactly. And so maybe that's why past me related to it more than current me. And I mean, there definitely are those big moments for me, but I, like I said, I still love the whole album, but maybe it just hasn't impacted me as much as some of the others have. I don't know, maybe I needed more time with it, but regardless, I, I love it a lot. I think, um, so I also love the album. Overall, I think it was, I, I'm kind of on a different point I think than than you Michelle I think this was like extremely mature for their for all time low as far as like they like the messaging and like and like messages I guess across all of these songs I feel like were conveyed in a more mature way than they have been in the past with like the juxtaposition of all the emotions <laughs> and feelings like across these songs it was like they really like gave us a roller coaster of emotions and not only emotions but like melodies yeah. across like this across the album and i think it was like was also very all-time low but like the best of the best of all-time low when it comes to guitar drum and and bass and even Alex's vocals like I think every piece of it like every piece of the band like fit really really well together on this album and it made it like so like quintessential all-time low and pop punk I think that this album brings out the best of old time old all-time low all-time low um <laughs> And it also, they bring a new nuance to all the songs. Like, yeah, they've always been really good at the play on words and all this kind of stuff, but I feel like the subtle things you really have to, like, listen to and pay attention to the lyrics and really intensely look for is way more intense and hidden and whatnot in comparison to their previous albums versus, like, their older stuff is very much, like, here's some fun words, but here's the in-the-face message behind it. This is kind of like, mm -hmm. you can interpret things a lot more ways. That's why I kind of think it is more mature. But, like, I definitely see the vibe still being in their old stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I see definitely where you guys are coming from. Where it, it, And that's why I said it's a little controversial. Because it, it, it it's like both at the same time. It's like, you know, like regressive, yeah. but also progressive for them at the same time it's the you know what they are a contradiction so nobody can be all time low except all time low not even all time low can be all time low <laughs> it's a 10 out of 10 yeah i'm i'm a big fan regardless i'm definitely going to continue to be listening to this over and over especially this summer um as the weather gets nicer and i can really just you know uh my seasonal depression goes away and <laughs> i can um get rid of the january gloom and get into that summer days <laughs> how many how many lyric how many uh album titles can you fit into one sentence let me try okay i'm gonna have to think about it though i'll get back to you okay we'll save it for next week everyone we'll start the next episode with it <laughs> we'll have a competition the three of us will each come up with them and see how many it's not just subject to this album let's do all all-time low oh god Forever. I could That's write a whole take story. Me like five weeks. Many... I'm gonna need some time. But like, not a crazy run-on sentence. Like, it has to be a legit, like, make just sense. a sentence. Or can I write a whole story? 
Can I pass? No. Let's let's do let's keep it to three sentences. All right. Well, that is all we have for you uh, this time around because we just rambled on and on about Wake Up Sunshine. There will be no band spotlight this week, uh, but tune in two weeks from now because we are bi-weekly on Sundays for the next band spotlight. Remember, follow us at the Mosh Pit Pod on Facebook and Instagram at Mosh Pit Pod on Twitter because some asshole stole at the Mosh Pit Pod. That is all. Do you guys have any last thoughts and words? Keep coming, Mosh on. Oh, very wise. Mosh on, everybody.